guys welcome back to another episode of the wonderful our city of zsl podcast man i'm out here out here in nature and today we're going to be discussing the cash flow forecast and we're going to look at different ways in terms of how you can survive cash flow crisis right and so when the importance of forecasting your cash flow is everything and i think i learned this the most especially during the entire COVID crisis right because you have no idea how terrifying and of course some of you may have gone through the same thing hearing that all your teaching classes and the projects that were supposed to happen and everything had come to a grinding halt in may i remember the last time that i taught at a uh, at a location you know at, outside of the testing center that i was doing um was probably march 23rd or march 22nd or march 23rd of last year and i didn't get back on campus until like july 7th and so you can imagine how terrifying it was because me a person who really wasn't like finite like i wasn't like developing with personal development as much as i am today and saying oh my god like what about my rent what about this big visa fee that i have coming up which is like 800 dollars what about this? What about that? I was like, oh man, this is going to be terrifying. So me in those types of worry situations came creativity and I became more creative about my outlets and my profit margins and how I was going to be able to not only just make money for the now to pay for the visa fee and to pay for monthly expenses, but overall, and I remember at the beginning of this year, there was another absolute failure. Um, and there was a huge, um, again, another COVID that just, just, slammed the south i think it was the south yeah the southwestern part of bangkok in a place called samut sakon and there were a hundred there were a thousand migrant workers that had tested positive in one day at the market and then boom the government shut down everything immediately again for literally a month and me i was like oh my god uh like i i wasn't really understanding exactly what was going on but i hurry up and i was more proactive more than not you know, and so what I ended up doing and, you know, learning about was like whiteboard finance. Okay. Making sure I have different pots, you know, figuring out, okay, I'm going to rely on one specific thing to pay for my rent. And that's my main tutorial job out here. If they can't do that, when everything opens back up, don't expect me to do shit else for you. Right. You gotta be able to do that. And what it taught me throughout the entire time was how I was able to forecast, right? And saying, okay, well, this month I'm going to have rent and then the rest is going to go towards this pot. Okay, this pot for my online coaching, this pot for this specific thing that I want to invest in, this pot for the real estate course, this pot, this pot, right? You know, a little bit for technology over here, although I do need that iPhone as soon as possible. But then came, obviously, okay, the whole online and how online, you know, how difficult it could be you know, to, you know, to make money online and to hope that clients come because at the same time, it could be dry for about a week to 10 days before I get an inquiry. And then when the first inquiry comes, I can end up having six different inquiries. And I'm like, you know what, everything is picking back up, then it could go a little bit slow again. And so, but it, it's funny when you are not thirsty and out there begging and being manipulated, you realize that when you are a creator and you create things around you, things will just flow in. So remember, you guys heard me on my sales podcast where two women, you know, I'm, I'm making a ridiculous amount of hour, you know, uh, teaching a couple of business women. And 
you know, she came back after three months of promises, empty promises. And I'm like, oh, man, she came out of nowhere. Next thing you know, obviously, the dental lady and buying this course and buying another one. She has come back and she's on fire, you know, and she paid massive courses, you know, in general. And so me, I'm like, okay, fantastic. I'm very grateful. You know, it's, you know, I could forecast, you know, only what people say. But at the same time, you know, they're full of empty promises. Had a Chinese client. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy the course. I'm going to buy the course. He goes to Boston University. Boom, disappear. I said, oh, well, you know, typical, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter because I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's just one individual. And that doesn't take my eye off the prize. And so remember in our previous podcast, we were talking about, you know, you know, the uh, people trimming costs and stuff like that. And, you know, in regards to figuring out how they could deal with the cash flow, you know, the, the cash flow crisis by, you know, stopping a couple of the budgets within the departments. And today I'm going to give you seven steps. Okay. We're going to discuss these right here, right now too. In terms, or if in the event you do have a cash flow crisis. Now, number one, adjust your business. Okay. Plan to improve profit margins. Okay. Now they call this job costing, right? Because if you look at your business's profit and loss statements, now me, obviously I'm not losing a goddamn thing. But if I look at the profit and the profit margins, you know, I see exactly how much I've made. I see exactly, okay, what can I forecast for this month based on, you know, the past three months or even based on the past year and seeing how much it has completely climbed up until now. And so when I look at this or when you look at different things in terms of like jobs, clients, employees, events, marketing strategies, product services, all of that to determine which areas of business are the most and least profitable, right? And what are you coming out of pocket with? You know, at the beginning of COVID, I said, okay, no more Wi-Fi. Okay, I'm not paying for this, I'm not paying for that. I remember the first expense that I wanted to hurry up and trim was my gym. I was coming out of pocket probably about four, that was like 133 to $166. And you know what's funny? The reason why this gym failed so miserably is because two locations, one being a franchisee owning it, he didn't even give them the green light to stop monthly subscriptions from, you know, from the people who actually were on monthly renewal for the gym. They were only going to do it at one location, dooming the other franchise. And of course, looking back and saying, oh man, I'm not going to go to this gym. So when we look at different franchises, right? If one branch is doing bad, they're going to expect that all branches run by the same thing. So if you do not take care of people at one location, those people are going to say bad things about your other location because they believe you're under the same word. And of course, in this case, it is, right? So again, it's all about trimming your monthly expenses if you wanna get even more personal, right? And so when the cash flow crisis had for any of you who are listening to this podcast, the first thing you looked at, you were like, okay, well, I'm not going to pay for this. I'm not going to pay for the gym. I'm not going to pay for this, 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 this. I hurry up and switch my bank account and everything. I say, y'all ain't getting no damn money out of me. Okay. Because you guys are doing nothing for me. If you're doing nothing for me, you're getting nothing from me. Right. And so if you want to take it even more actionable, that's what you have to do right and you know this is the you know the first things that i discussed probably back in april i was like okay well 
I got to start fixing up everything and figuring out exactly how am I going to go about, you know, you know, you, you know, getting rid of obviously, you, you, you know, these small monthly expenses, right? And so again, products that might have huge overhead. Services are always good unless you're paying someone for that. Marketing strategies. Now, again, I'm not that person. I'm not that Tesca. I'm not Tesca. Uh, I'm not the Tesla type of fool, right? Meaning, you know, if you look at all these car dealerships, the employees are the first ones that they really don't give a damn about. They're going to cut off hundreds of thousands of jobs. So if we look at high turnover ratio and you being just, you know, disposed and people just really not giving you a goddamn thing and in America, you're not giving severance pay. You're not getting severance pay whatsoever. Out here in Thailand, they have great laws for employees. The Labor Department, I mean, it's hard to even say anything is good in, in regards to any of these bullshit-ass ministries, but they do a great job at protecting employees. In America, they're like, okay, we're going to give you one week pay, then fuck off. Welcome to America, right? I mean, that's just how it is. Hell, I was working for a temp agency. I didn't get anything, all right? And, hey, I could tell you right now, I thought about it, and over the past probably couple of weeks is a matter not couple of weeks yeah i thought about it and i said you know what for all the government employees that were working at the dental faculty practice not only were they beginning to get furlough you could only imagine that if they weren't government employees if they were working for an agency no work no money and if they were working for the government and they were shut down especially in america for upwards to a year do you think the government was just going to keep shunning out money for those employees maybe you're protected if you're a state employee but for other people who work for other agencies, forget about it. And that's the terrifying thing about obviously, you know, um, you know, not being in control of your own assets, right? So here we go. If we look at this, number two, accelerate your receivables. There's some ways of doing this. So what Tesla did in regards to their cash flow crisis playbook, they sped up the receivables. So the quicker money begins flowing into your business, the sooner your cash flow problems will be resolved. Right. And so what they did and they said, OK, well, let's ask our new customers for a deposit, uh, deposit or a partial payment. OK, start sending invoices early. Uh, send invoices even more quickly. OK, focus on your past due accounts, people who haven't been paying and make it convenient for obviously clients to pay easier. You know, and this is what I've been discovering, especially with my own online business. I always ask myself, you know what, how can they pay easier? How can they pay better? How can this happen? How can I do this and improve this and this? You know what I mean? Like, the more difficult it is, this is how I lose. And I remember the first time about three years ago, there was a lady from Morocco. She wanted to pay like a 10-hour course, a speaking course, right, conversation. And because she lives in Morocco um i didn't know paypal back then i know it's ridiculous or i tried doing paypal she's like oh i can't do paypal and i'm like what but now it's so easy with stripe and other different areas and different forms of how people could pay there are no excuses you know and so if someone gives me the runaround oh this or that there was a wonderful iranian veterinarian as a matter of fact at the beginning of this year she they don't even have visa out there visa have been blocked because obviously iran has been deemed this type of country that you know just operates in terrorist organization i'm like well you might as well block america too <laughs> they they all types of terrorism okay just destroying middle eastern countries anyways i'm not gonna get in that uh but she hurry up and figured out a way to pay me living in iran believe me if people want to pay they'll pay 
going back to the other Chinese guy, if he didn't want to pay, I, I don't even want to hear. Bye-bye. But I'm not the type of person where they, I'll hurry up and speed up. But let me give you an example. It's not so much of a, ca it's not cash flow crisis for me. But this morning, I was thinking about, I said, I got to hurry up and create a TOEFL IBT grammar course. Four students have already requested. So I hurry up and made it. I gave myself a deadline. I'm going to hurry up and do as many videos as I possibly can. Probably, you know, this upcoming Sunday and Monday. And then I'm going to send about seven of these links to the potential students who are already possibly interested. And so, no, that's not cash flow. That's me developing an idea and saying, okay, well, let me hurry up and get this out here for this student, for that student, for this student, and obviously for long term, too. You see, this is me being creative. So, again, if we look at negotiating payables, that's probably another, what is that, a, another difficult uh, we, got, we got some company today, so we got some folks over, but uh, that, that's probably, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, I'm almost done. All right, so here we go. So let's hurry up and sum this bad boy up. Oh my God, I got interrupted, so it's all good. But anyways, here we go. So, all right, you got negotiating your payables. I don't want to get too much into that, but let's go into borrowing options. You know, I'm not a person who loves borrowing again robert kiyosaki always talks about um using debt money i think that's what he was talking about to pay a couple of things off i forgot what it was hey debt with debt i forgot what he had said but listen one way to solve the problem is to find a way to bring obviously money into a business now again people never start a business with a loan that is just dumb all right period now again you know having credit card advances or a credit card i always told myself oh it was about 10 years ago i said i only have a credit card for emergency purposes only that that that, that i totally defied my own law um but now it's like okay well i have an emergency fund and i realized that even last year with the emergency fund i had which it lacked thereof it just was not good whatsoever because to be honest with you like over the past six months people seriously like do you understand like i realized that especially with my online learning and everything like i wasn't making i was making okay in april now obviously july that's when it took off last month this month unreal you know i couldn't be more grateful and obviously i ended up getting two online clients a returning client came back and i have two who are waiting right now so that is amazing but if at any given moment i do believe that we are at the end of COVID in this country because we're getting like a million vaccines a day you know a, a day literally um but at the same time i'm keeping my eye on the prize and so i always said to myself you know if i have to i will borrow but to be honest with you i'll figure it out i don't like borrowing because it puts me in a position where i have to become dependent on someone but see, when you have your back against the wall and you have to make that money and you have to be creative, that is when things, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in today right now. I wouldn't because I would be scared as hell. I would always have a net, a net below me. You can always go back to mommy. You can always go back to daddy. No, no, no. You'll figure it out. And this is why I love, you know, I don't like number four, it, you know, having borrowing options, but at the same time, having an emergency fund. And I know last year having an emergency fund definitely was not going to help me. An emergency fund is like six months in advance of rent, okay? Now, obviously, the school's been set, shut down, uh, the tutorial center, but, you know, I've been able to, you know, make my own money online finally. And now that 
obviously for the next four months, I'm going to be teaching like a coaching or training business training on Tuesday and Thursday, like crazy through the tutorial center. I know I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you guys are going to cover, you know, my monthly expenses like by, by a hundred, by 200%. And so now I'm like, okay, well, good. I handled that. So now Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are critical days, including the sat, you know, on weekends. And I'm going to have to make sure that I fit high profile type of clients in there, not just like, you know, minute, small little jobs. Does this make sense people? So I learned a lot when I had my back against the wall. I learned a lot when I said, wow, I don't even have my visa money right now. I learned a lot when I was working for those women and the next thing you know, I cut off all my salary and quit all the jobs back in July because I realized you guys don't pay me enough, number one. Number two, you've disrespected me. Number three, you do not respect me, okay? Well, that's pretty much the same thing. So fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. And when I did that, I started betting on myself. And that's when things ended up it just ended up just being amazing. So we got number five, okay? Raise investor capital. Now, obviously, when you're doing businesses, listen, to be honest with you, you don't want you don't want to do business with people who aren't in the best interested for you. Okay. You don't want now, yes, if you're in a cash flow crisis, you could look to borrow, 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 but do you want to wake up knowing on your conscious mind that you are just completely like in debt? Is that really what you want to do? I mean, if you if you do, it's entirely up to you. But some people, I'm, I'm just sorry. Like, I don't want to wake up knowing that I owe people a million dollars. Let's put it that way. I like to hurry up and pay everything off. And I like to pay with money that I have. That's all there is to it. So, again, if you are in a Obviously, the cash flow crisis and you have a business, maybe you could sell a piece of ownership in your business to hurry up and get some cash flow. But to be honest with you, you're not going to be able to make the decisions that you used to make before. And then you're going to have some hard headed ass fool in your business wanting to do things in the best interest of him. Be careful. Now, obviously, slashing expenses, that was huge. That was so, oh my God, I remember last year. And it, it was so great because I was laying down. I woke up in the morning and one of my students, she, she paid me. She's like, hey, I told you, if I'm going to pay you, I'm going to pay you. And I'm like, oh, my God, because I knew I was going to get like a lump sum of money at the end of July, which was great, uh, just so I could hurry up and get out of that hole and obviously never look back and never will ever for the rest of my life. But, you know, all those little small expenses, I had to add everything up. Like right now, to be honest with you, like paying, there are specific train routes in Bangkok where there's just so much corruption involved that you have to pay probably 25 to 50 percent more as opposed to other train routes. So me, I'm like, OK, well, don't ever ask me to work in that specific area of Bangkok anymore because I'm going to have to pay uh, like at like 12 percent to go there and 12 percent to come back based on the salary and even based on how much you pay me now obviously when i'm training at the companies oh, yeah, traveling anywhere it doesn't even matter they're paying me a ridiculous amount but for my tutorial job now nah, y'all can kiss my ass it's online only that's all you getting all right and that's all there is to it so there it is and then obviously number seven okay selling non-essential assets now some of you probably are um what is it some of you are probably unaware of or not aware of non-essential assets and stuff like that. But again, you know, like you can also you know, maybe offload, you know, those little things and temporary fixes just so you can hurry up and get some money. So here we go. 
two best practices, okay? Prepare and prevent. Now, if anything happens in the near future, you could hurry up and say, okay, I'm going to hurry up and just like, I got six months of rent. I got all my expenses for the next six months, but let's see what I could do on a single day basis to see what I can develop for tomorrow. So having that six month rent and a lot of people, oh, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, it's time to develop. How can you? I can't is a statement. How can you make more money? That's a question. And that's when the creativity begins to spark. So like obviously me, okay, MacBook Pro, I knew that was going to be huge. And then after that, boom, I made all that money back within probably about 10 days. And so I'm like, okay, we've got to hurry up and get the iPhone. All right, so now let's start saving up for my personal development, high-performance coaching program. When is this in America? Okay, what time of year? Okay, how much is it going to be? How much is the flight ticket going to be? Can I do this? Can I do that? All right, all done. Okay, Johannesburg. Uh, all right, I'm going to have to do a transformation program. Would much rather like to do it in person. Am I going to do this next year or, or, or the following year? How much am I going to need to save up on a monthly basis to hurry up and do this? You see what I mean? Like, I prepare. And then the preventative measure is when you're able to like be fully sustainable and just you're able to just like fight off everything. You're able to fight off and wear away the economy. You know, when everything shut down out here in Thailand, I said, hey, well, you know what? Luckily, Thailand's really not my economy. That's what I said. You know, and a lot of people I still remember about two years ago. Uh, there was a girl from an international school uh, that worked for Globish. Okay, they're one of the e-learning platforms out here in Thailand, the number one. And she's like, hey, so what do you do for your Thai market? I said, Thai market is not my market. You know, because they, they're not looking for actionable stuff like this. They look for the edutainment. So if you look at all the people who teach English here in Thailand, from foreigners to Thais, the videos are the same. They have a whole bunch of onomatopoeias, a lot of sound effects, a lot of a lot of childish things all right and i'm not i'm not i'm not about that that's not my market and i don't want to adapt and be the same as everyone else so you know as sometimes my friends like hey maybe you should look into this area i'm like nah man i just don't like teaching these types of folks man you know I, oh what do, what do you mean no it's just you, you, they don't want to learn english and even if they do you know uh, uh, they can't afford me let's just put it that way my market are the south and central americans Okay, and they pay me this lot. Most ties can't pay that. It's a, you can't afford me. Okay, before I used to devalue myself, but right now you can't afford me. And I'm not saying that in a braggadocious type of, type of egotistical way. It's just saying, hey, listen, companies pay me this, and it's only going to get higher. So the higher it gets, the crazier it will. So in saying that, people, just wanted to hurry up and share that with you. Stay tuned for another podcast. And hey, I got a lot more coming up soon. Over and out.